going on, everybody? I'm meteorologist Joe Martucci. It is the third Wednesday in the month. That means it is time for our Something in the Air podcast. You know how it goes. First Wednesday in the month, we have Dave Robinson, the New Jersey State Climatologist. Third Wednesday of the month, we bring in somebody special. And today, we have a very special guest. We have Michael Chait, the president of the Greater Atlantic City Chamber. He was born and raised in Atlantic City, graduated from Holy Spirit High School, worked at the City of Cape May in marketing. He actually worked with me at the press for a little bit, just when I started. He was there mm-hmm. longer than me. And uh, is also the PR chair at the 200 Club of Atlantic in Cape May County. So he's been a Jersey guy and pretty much a sound Jersey guy his whole life with one exception. How did you go to Marietta College in Ohio? What happened there? Well, it's a funny story. Thanks for having me, Joe. It's good seeing you You're as welcome. always. Um, you know, I, I started out at Holy Spirit. I was on a crew team. Uh, so I, I looked locally. You know, at that time, Stockton didn't really have a real big rowing program. Uh, so I took some classes at Stockton, took some at uh, Atlantic Cape Community College, and I transferred out to Marietta because the crew coach at Marietta was actually an Atlantic City guy. It was John Van Carey, who is okay. now the head crew coach at Stockton. So it's just funny the way things work out that, you know, I was talking with him when he was going through the interview process and he said he had an opportunity here. So it was interesting to have, you know, I went out to Marietta because there were Atlantic City crew coaches out there. And then all of a sudden these Atlantic City crew coaches are now coming back to Atlantic City. So everything has a way of working itself out. So you were never really too far from South Jersey at any point in time. Now, I, I went to Marietta because they recruited heavily from Philadelphia and South Jersey. Um, you know, once I got there, I took over some of the recruiting responsibilities. So we had a ton of Atlantic City kids out there with us. It was great. Oh, gotcha. So it's kind of like, so would you say Marietta is like Atlantic City West? It was. It was kind of Midwest Atlantic City at the time. <laughs> those, those few years we were there, there were a lot of Atlantic City kids there, but we all rode. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, you know, rowing's a big part of down here in South Jersey. And of course, uh, as we're getting into June, you know, weather gets nicer, of course, even though you row year-round with crew. But let me ask you this. So you're president of the Greater Atlantic City Chamber. Do you have an elevator pitch for our weather for people who want to work with you? <laughs> well, it, it's, it, the weather here, the climate here is very mild year-round. You know, we, we don't get hammered with snow. We don't get a tremendous amount of heat. So if you look at the climate year round here, it's very comfortable to live here. You know, and, and from a business perspective, it's live, work, and play. You know, from the chamber's perspective, that's, that's what we do. We want to get people that live here, that work here, that have their livelihoods here, that enjoy uh, the destination from a tourist perspective. So it, it, you, with this mild climate, it does promote a, a good year round season for us. Gotcha. And, you know, I think for some people, maybe they're not super familiar with what a chamber of commerce actually does. So, you know, what are you actually doing? And, you know, you say greater Atlantic City. So I would take it to mean it's not just Atlantic City you're working with, correct? Correct. I mean, 70% of our members are actually off the island. So the majority of our members are, are spread out through Atlanta, throughout Atlantic County. Uh, and that's important for us. But for what we do as an organization, you know, it's, it's really four main things. We connect. So we're trying to connect businesses. We're trying to connect investors. Uh, you know, we're trying to connect people in an effort to collaborate to make the area and region better. Um, what we're doing from, from an informed standpoint is right now is a perfect example of the flow of information that's coming out, whether it's from government agencies, industry associations to provide uh, to our members and, and the community overall guidelines and principles on how to work in, in during COVID, during this pandemic, because it, it's not going away anytime soon, you know, so th- these best practices and guidelines 
whether they're for economic relief or workplace uh, safety and responsibility, it's important to inform the public on that. Uh, we yeah, advocate. And, yeah, and, ahead, uh, I'm sorry. No, no, you're, you're fine. You're fine. You know, I'll ask you one question about COVID. That's just, you know, what's been the general tone of your members? I mean, has, have you seen maybe more collaboration amongst everybody? Has it been everybody staying away from each other? What, what's been that vibe? It's a tremendous amount of collaboration. I, I think that, you know, once COVID really hit Southern New Jersey in March, you saw a lot of business owners scrambling to try and figure out how to operate after Governor Murphy kind of shut everything down. Uh, once that shutdown came into place, the, these businesses, especially chambers of commerce, business associates, we're all working together to provide that information. You know, what, what can we do to help the business community get through this time? It's incredibly challenging. You know, we did that story um, gee, back in probably early June on the survey we conducted. Over 600 businesses participated. And they said, you know, 50% of those businesses said they're out of cash flow in a month. So what can they do? So we're, we're connecting them with HR consultants, attorneys, uh, you name it, uh, mm -hmm. health department, uh, to help them get through this process. But there has been an unbelievable amount of uh, collaboration. And one specifically, the New Jersey Business Coalition. So you can see that it's statewide. Yeah. Something we're a part of. Uh, there's over 100 industry associations as part of that. And we're advocating for the benefit of the business community. A lot of uh, what we recommended early in the process has actually been built into laws in different pieces. So, so it's you want to give really me an well. example? Give us an example of what you're talking about. Some of, some of the recommendations for the PPP program, some of the recommendations with the NJEDA and the loans and the grants and how they can be utilized. Uh, right now, we're working uh, on liability insurance for uh, businesses to get through COVID because right now there's nothing to protect them, even if they're following all of the CDC and Department of Health guidelines. You know, they could be liable if somebody gets sick or ill in, in the property, regardless of, of all the safety um, measures that they take. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that we're working with our elected officials to try and, and navigate. It's, it's very, very difficult. Yeah. And something difficult, too, I guess, is to plan in advance for whatever the summer, you know, weekend specifically weather will be like. That's obviously when much of the commerce happens in our area here. And, you know, you know, meteorologists, myself included, every once in a while say, oh, it's Chamber of Commerce weather. You know, <laughs> but I don't know if that's necessarily true for everybody in the Chamber of Commerce. I mean, typically when we're saying Chamber of Commerce weather, you know, it's that sunny and 75 kind mm -hmm. of day, a light breeze. But, you know, it, when you're talking about your members in the Chamber, you know, does weather mean different things for them business-wise? Yeah, definitely. I think it depends on the, the business that you're in. You know, movie theater doesn't mind if it's a rainy day. Mm. You know, they kind of like that. Or if it's too hot. Uh, that's why you see your summer blockbusters come out. So you might have a thunderstorm or rainy day, they'll go. You see the same thing around Christmas time with movie theaters. Uh, the casino industry, it's okay to have a rainy day. It's okay. You know, the, yeah. it drives people in. It gives them entertainment options. They typically have a lot of live entertainment. Gambling is fun. So you look at that. Now, on the other side, with the weather you're talking about, this nice, this bright, sunny day, you know, in the summertime, it's impossible to compete with the beach. Yeah. You know, if it's a nice, sunny day, it's 85 degrees out, that water is warm, people are on the beach. So it's difficult for businesses to compete with that weather. So your boardwalks do well, but your mainland businesses may struggle a little bit more because people are at their pools or they're at the beach. So it does. That diversity in weather does impact businesses a different way for sure. Gotcha. So, you know, looking at last uh, summer, we'll just talk about, you know, the short summer weekends. I mean, 
I do a little grading here at the press. So every summer, you know, I've been grading our store summer weekend. So last year, by my count, I mean, you pretty much got as good as you got. I graded a 3.4 GPA. And for those of you who haven't been in school in a while, that's about a B plus. And honestly, <laughs> considering that you're talking about Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you're talking about anything from Memorial Day weekend where the weather can be tumultuous to Labor Day, that's pretty darn good. You know, mm -hmm. do you remember last summer to be exceptional? And, you know, the other question would be, were there higher increases um, or increases in general in business and tourism? Is, there, is that stuff you look at at the end of the summer? You do. I mean, you try and take a look at everything as a whole and how it impacts. And I stopped in the Light Institute there does a great job of really capturing that data. You know, if you look at last year into this year, there's other elements that factor into that as well. Sports gaming being a big one. You know, the casinos, casino industry is kind of where we start. 21 months of straight growth up into February. I mean, that's incredible yeah. to have that. Once you have that influx of people, you know, and they're staying overnight, then they're typically experiencing everything the destination has to offer. Mm. It impacts the mainland businesses as well because people will explore. If they're staying here for a couple of days, even Cape May County visitors, you know, their, their visitor stay, their house rental stay is longer than that in Atlantic County. Sure. But they, they'll come to Atlantic County for a day or two just to see what's going on, mm -hmm. whether they ride up to Hamilton to get fresh blueberries, or they're in Atlantic City for gaming, or they go to the Cove and Brigantine for a beach outing. There's so many different things for people to do, um, but you need that, that good weather to get them outside and to explore. So it definitely impacts it in the summer. And just kind of taking a step back, um, you know, when it comes to casinos and the beach, I would say there's a little bit of a history there in the sense that you know, maybe Atlantic City wasn't taking advantage when it comes from a casino standpoint, taking uh, advantage of the beach during the summer. You know, we had that beach right there, but, you know, casinos want to have everybody inside. But now we're seeing more, you know, we're seeing more outdoor activity. We're seeing a pool club at Ocean. You know, we have the, the beach bars over there. You know, do you believe Atlantic City has fully utilized its potential as an outdoor destination during the summer? Because Vegas doesn't have a beach. No, they, they do not. They've got a lot of swimming pools. They don't, uh, but they don't have a beach. The, the beach is our greatest asset. I mean, you have the ocean, you have the Atlantic Ocean, you have these beautiful beaches, and our beaches in Atlantic City are free. So that's amazing. You know, and that's what drives a lot of people here if you look at that 12, 16-week season. Um, so, so have we completely taken advantage of that? I don't know. That's a good question. You know, it's, it's something we have to take a look at and think about. But I think they've utilized it a lot. And I think there's some challenges with utilizing that space. You know, we put on the Atlantic City Air Show. I think there could be more events on the boardwalk if the boardwalk was in good shape. Uh, it needs a lot of repair work. There's significant weight restrictions on the boardwalk. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Live Nation concerts on the beach, uh, they're a great idea. They're, they're very, very expensive to put on, but those photos, the experience of seeing a concert, a large concert on the beach, it's, it's unlike any other concert venue you can yeah. go to. So I, I think that we've gotten a lot better at doing it. I think there's some infrastructure challenges uh, that prevent us from doing it more, including beach erosion. Yeah, that's a good point. So the beach erosion part, what, do you have any influence or do you have any positions on, you know, refilling the beaches in Atlantic City? Is that something the chamber takes a position on? I'd have to go back and take a look to see if we've ever taken positions on that and see what some of the business community was. I haven't seen anything that we've done in the past you know, two and a half years since I've been on board at the chamber, but the beaches are critical to, to the infrastructure. Uh, they're critical to maintaining the boardwalk uh, and to entertain our guests there's, and, and residents. So there's a lot that goes into that. So depending on the project, I think you'd have to look at it issue by issue. Right. 
Gotcha. Let's uh let's let's switch a little bit from the summer. Let's talk about the next season that comes after. Yeah. That. Uh, I feel like that's been kind of like the sexy season for the shore lately. That's the fall, specifically September. Um, just kind of give everybody like a maybe a thirty to sixty second history of Atlantic City and you know how it's kind of promoted tourism during the fall in terms of have we done a lot of it in the past and now we're doing the same amount have we been doing more have we been doing less the floor is yours yeah so so crda just approved their their marketing plan for this year so i, I do expect a, a significant push from a, a destination marketing for the fall uh going forward uh so they can get that ball rolling we've done a lot of it in the past it, it is a great time of year to be here yeah. but usually what draws people here in, in addition to the great weather is usually you have concerts, you have entertainment options, you have different things going on. It's going to be different this year. You know, yeah. we're not going to be able to have um, those large-scale events. I mean, Atlantic City thrives on large crowds, and large crowds right now, due to the pandemic, are a little challenging. Um, but I think that, you know, there are going to be opportunities, like Seafood Festival, that Good Time Tricycle puts together. is sure. a great event that they do yeah. in Ventnor. It's awesome. It's a lot of fun. You know, seeing more events like that, you got to give these events, promoters a lot of credit for how they have to pivot, mm -hmm. uh, keep their, their employees safe, keep their guests safe, and maximize that great weather with outdoor events. And, you know, we're talking about people who are coming to the area during the fall. Are they mostly New Jersey, Philadelphia? Or is it, what are just the trends of the people who are coming? Is there any difference between the person who's coming during the fall as opposed to somebody who's coming during the summer? Not, not that I've seen. It's more event-based is, is where they've come. You know, certainly when I, when I worked at Boardwalk Hall for the time, we always looked at that data. Uh, we collected it through tickets. And you see that, you know, your Ocean County and your Philadelphia, uh, some of Central Jersey are, are really that market. But it depends on what's going on, you know, yeah. in that time. It's, it's certainly in the fall, it's a big convention season. You know, and, and you saw people come from all over the Northeast yeah. uh, for these conventions. So I think this year is going to be a lot different than what we've seen in years past. We're, thank God, we're, we're a drive-in market at this place. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we've got a third of the nation's population that lives within a, a, a drive of here. So that, for once, can, can be very, very advantageous for us uh, as opposed to a fly-in market like Las Vegas. It's a significant advantage now. And, and then CRDA with their marketing campaign is going to do everything they can to take advantage of that. Got it. All right. And we're actually going to talk a little bit more about conventions, Mike. Thanks for bringing that up. We're going to take a brief break and we'll be right back with you. This is something in the air. My favorite part about the R. Dorrington Foundation is when I learn all about ice hockey and have fun with other kids. The R. Dorrington Ice Hockey Foundation provides a free hockey program to low and middle income youth in Atlantic City. One of the components of the Art Dorrington Ice Hockey Foundation is the education component. Fundamental learning there is on character building. My father, Art Dorrington, loved Atlantic City so much that after signing his NHL contract with the New York Rangers, he came down to Atlantic City, started skating with the Seagulls, he found his love of his life and he settled here in Atlantic City. The kids get teamwork, they learn the fundamentals of ice hockey, and they learn to be... On the ice and off the streets! On the ice and off the All right, and we're back. We're here with Michael Che, president of the Greater Atlantic City Chamber. Mike, so let me ask you, we were talking about conferences before, and when you ever have 
you know, when you have these major conferences, these national conferences, or even these big regional conferences, what are those discussions like in regards to the weather? Do people actually ask you what the weather's like for this time of year for the people who are going to these conferences? Or, you know, do they kind of just try to stay in their own place? Because th that's a big part of, you know, revenue for the chamber, you know, for the members of the chamber and for the city as a whole. Yeah, it is. It is part of the conversation for sure, because if you look at a lot of big convention centers that we compete against, they're looking at warm weather destinations. You know, we might be competing against a Chicago or a Fort Lauderdale uh, or somewhere else. But, you know, when, when the Meet AC is, is working with conventions to come into town, the goal is to get those people in town and show them the, the hospitality that Atlantic City has to offer. Yeah. You know, go to the wall. Go to the restaurants, walk on the boardwalk. I mean, like we said earlier, the boardwalk and the beach are our greatest assets. Yeah. But we want the weather so they can walk on it. And fortunately, our weather's mild enough. Even on a cold day, they can get out there and stroll around. So it is definitely uh, part of the conversation as people look into, into booking different destinations. Yeah, you know, it's so just reflecting on my own personal experiences. We have this big weather conference every year, the American Meteorological Society Conference. And like every year when I look for the destination, usually the first thing in my mind is like, oh, it's going to be nice, you know, and, oh, it's going to yeah. be, you know, or it's not going to be nice. Because our conference, that conference is in January for the most part. So when you see New Orleans, I'm like, yeah. I mean, maybe for a couple of <laughs> other reasons too. But, you know, like um, like this year was in Boston. Now, there was a reason for it. It was the 100th annual, and it was great. So many people attended. It was a record. But, you know, you're thinking Boston, you're like, oh, geez, in January? Mm, cold. We actually, did, we actually did get lucky. It was in the 70s two days in January. But, in January uh, in Boston? Yeah, it was, it was record highs, record highs. Actually, I think we broke the all-time monthly record high in Boston. So, when you know, we have these weather conferences. There's usually some kind of crazy weather that happens. But that's another, that's a story for another time. But, you know, even for something like the concerts, and we talk about Live Nation, all these beach concerts, and I know you're not directly, you know, related to this, but, you know, do you have to have some kind of backup plan in place for weather? Could you speak about that? Like, what is the city's role in weather for those big concerts? So, you know, like we saw last year, like we were going to have this year with Fish when they were going to come to Atlantic City. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a, a tremendous amount of experience with the beach concerts, but you're right, with the weather. But I can tell you about the air show. Yeah, tell me about the air uh, show. With weather. So, so I mean, As we're, we're, we're keeping our fingers crossed. We're still planning for it for sure. Yeah. Um, but weather for the air show, it, we talk about it weeks in advance and look up to it. And you, imagine the coordination. So when when there's a, a thunderstorm in August, right? I mean, it mm -hmm. never happens here, does it? <laughs> never, <laughs> so, never. Never. So we're watching the weather, I mean, constantly uh, during the air show because anything from winds to potential thunderstorms, and they can be uh, thunderstorms out of market because some of these planes that do flybys come from there. So we're sure. checking weather all over the place. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's been delays in years past. We were really concerned. The, last year it rained. It poured yeah. first thing in the morning before yeah. the air show even started. So we kind of, we got past that rain. It didn't delay anything. We got off on time. But absolutely, weather is absolutely part of every discussion with any outdoor event. Kind of like, what's the average temperature that time? What are the winds like? You know, what's the rain patterns typically like? What can we kind of, as best as we can, anticipate, you know, potential challenges related to weather? And, and I mean, every year, day of the air show, there's, there's some lightning in the area uh, yeah. that we have to pay attention to. 
definitely. And, you know, is that something that, that you are focusing on, or is that more the air show, you know, the, the crew directly involved with the air show, monitoring for lightning, or, you know, looking at the forecast and making arrangements? Whose responsibility is that on, and, you know, what do you guys do for that? We hire an air boss, and he, is, he oversees everything in the air. And part of that is the weather, but he works directly with the FAA okay. and Atlantic City International Airport mm -hmm. and the 177th. Yeah. So it's, it's a coordinated effort to make any decisions on when to have planes take off, whether they delay, you know, the safety issues. So part of that is, you know, you'll, you'll talk to the United States Air Force. And it is, it is an unbelievable uh, coordinated effort because from there, once you have everybody on the beach, now you've got to work. And if there is anything that, that's in the region, you've got to get everybody off the beach. So it's ACPD, AC Fire, uh, Office of Emergency Management, Beach Patrol. So, and then you have to alert the casinos because when these people get off the beach, they go right into the casino. Oh, yeah. I so, think, sure, because they've got to get out of the weather. Yeah. Now, you know, um, I would imagine the casinos are happy if that happens. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, well, how about last year, right? So, last year we had um, Warp Tour, right? And that Saturday, yeah. it ended up pouring during, Pour. I think it was the afternoon. Um, yeah. And you had loads of people that were running. I mean, I wasn't at the concert, but I was on the boardwalk. Everyone's mm -hmm. running into the casino. So, you know, um, do you have any specific stories of like what that coordination is like? And it could be for the air show, but you know, like exactly like what's that, what's that trickle down effect that happens for when you have these large outdoor events and you know, you do unfortunately have some kind of weather issue. Yeah. I'll tell you, I give ACPD the fire department beach patrol all the credit in the world for how they coordinate this because it's, they've got it down pretty good. Um, you know, it's, it's the announcements over the speakers. It's first letting all of their personnel, the beach patrol, police, fire, let everybody know. Then you make your loud announcements and you try and get people off the beach say, as safe as possible. You, know, you tell them not to run, but get off the beach quickly. Um, you know, once they get on the boardwalk, but the coordination for that, for thousands of people, especially for a concert, see the air show is different because it's a free event. Mm -hmm. So it's on the beaches and we're pretty spread out. It's very linear. Yeah. Warp tour, you're talking about 35,000 people in one area, in one beach. Mm -hmm. um, you know, getting them off, the beach and getting them back on back on is a bigger challenge because they all have tickets to that area so right. do you have to scan the tickets back in do you just let people go i mean that getting them off the beach is easier than getting them back on for sure right right gotcha you know let's uh let's change topics a little bit i want to talk more about you about michael chait the person mm -hmm. so you know you, like you said, born and raised in Atlantic City. And I always feel like, just from my experience, if you grew up on the islands or you grew up at the shore, you probably appreciate weather a little bit more than some other people. Mm -hmm. So do you have a little weather geek in you? Are you, are you a weather guy, Che? Um, and if you are, are there any particular moments that stand out, you know, growing I, up? I was a big weather guy because we went fishing all the time growing up here. Right, you know, you I'm, I'm smart enough <laughs> and lucky enough in my family that everybody in my family owns a boat. So I didn't buy have to buy a boat. Man, um, my, my brother's a commercial fisherman. So right. I, my, he's my weather guy. I okay. go to him for. I thought I was your weather guy. Wait, you have two weather guys? You have two weather guys. I have two good. I definitely have two weather guys. There you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he's our family yeah. weather guy. Yeah, your family weather guy. I mean, <laughs> you can call him at three in the morning. We do. He, he will text me. You probably do. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So it depends. Uh, so we were always, always tied to the weather. 
uh, whether we were going out fishing, whether we were going, it was going to dictate whether we went deep sea fishing, if we went in the bay, uh, what the weather was like. So, I mean, uh, you said a funny story. So my uncle and I are out fishing uh, just off LBI. Okay. And it, the, the fog just rolls in and we can't see anything. And then the groundswell started coming up and we were probably right off the uh, Atlantic City Brigantine Inlet at first. Mm-hmm. And by the time we were trying to stay close to shore, the compass breaks because it's so rough. And then the it compass. started to lift a little. Yeah, bro, it was just spinning. <laughs> so the compass breaks, the steering wheel, we go over a wave, breaks off, and you only have the triangle part in the middle that you're steering the boat with. Thank <laughs> God we saw the water tower in LBI. That's how we knew where we were. Oh, my God. You so might, did, you, did you take some oars and start rowing? You use your, uh, use yeah. your cruise. We have around? plenty of fuel. We have plenty of fuel. Uh, so. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Well, but you, yeah, I mean, it, it can roll up on you so quickly and we saw nothing, nothing. Jeez. Scary. All right. So we'll, uh, we'll ask you two more questions here. One's a fun one. One will go a little more in depth. So, you know, we have, um, what I'm trying to do with our podcast now, and this is a playoff of our MD dub double play where you chose your two favorite songs to cruise along the coast to. So we're going to wow. start this up for our podcast. Now I'm going to put you on the spot. We're going to call this our cruise to the coast. I need to know what your two favorite songs to cruise along the coast to. Are. Wow. I am, um, I've been listening to a lot of sixties classic rock okay. uh, lately. So, you know, Beast of Burden by the Rolling Stones is one of my favorite. Okay. Uh, a lot of stuff by The Who. Um, there's, a, there's a song, and I can't think of the artist now, but I've been listening to it a lot. It's a, um, what's it, Long, Long Tall, Long Tall Woman. I, gotta, I can't really, it's about a black dress. It's a great old 60s classic rock song, and I can't think of the name of it. Okay. But that's been popular. And what's great now, I've got two young kids. I've got a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old. Yep. So all that classic rock has been in our car as we drive around because it's from Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Uh, where they're playing this classic rock in these Marvel movies. Yeah, so it's introducing, you know, a whole younger generation to that great rock music, that great classic music. Uh, everything from Fleetwood Mac to The Who to The Stones. I mean, it's awesome. Were you a little bummed that the uh, 50th anniversary of Woodstock got canceled last year? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm a I'm a big rock fan, and I was actually really looking forward to Rage Against the Machine going back on tour. Yeah. So I, I was pretty bummed out that they had to cancel all those tours. The, I mean, the last concert I went to, I think, was Guns N' Roses. Okay. So last year, and they just yeah. canceled. So I, I love, love the live music scene and was lucky enough to work in Boardwalk Hall as long as I did. So oh, much yeah. stuff to see. Yeah, I, yeah, especially at Boardwalk Hall. I mean, you know, there's always oh, there's great. so many events during the year, and it's right here. Not to mention, you know, casinos, too. They have plenty of acts yeah. come in. You know, um, my we got my fiance's parents take a see Sebastian Maniscalco, which was at Borgata. Unfortunately, it's postponed, but yeah, whatever you have. So, all right, so last question for you here, maybe a little more philosophical, but, you know, as, as Atlantic City, you know, continues to transition – a little more from casino revenues to non-casino revenue, kind of bring more of a blend. How will weather, good or bad, play a role in this? It's certainly during the seasons. As you said, the, the seasons change here pretty significantly, and I think the weather is going to have an impact. Um, you, if you look at the summer, you get nice days. It's going to drive people down here now. Uh, there's nothing like being on the beach on a hot day and hopping in that cool Atlantic Ocean. I mean, we're free beaches, and people love that, and that will attract visitors, uh, for sure. 
Then you have your spring and your fall. And your fall, we talked before, not on this call, but before, certainly before about hurricane season. Yeah, yeah. You know, if, there's, if there's warnings of hurricanes or things like that, that has a huge impact mm -hmm. on our market. You know, during Hurricane Sandy, when celebrities are coming out and saying the Jersey Shore is destroyed, we're still getting through that uh, and past that that perception. Yeah. You know, that, that part of the inlet is where I grew up. That boardwalk was destroyed years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, certainly it got worse, but it wasn't usable then. So, you know, the weather is going to impact a lot of what we do, whether it's from beach erosion to storms to great weather uh, to outdoor events. I mean, it has an enormous impact on our, on our community and certainly from a tourism destination. All right. Great. Right. Well, Jake, this was fun. I appreciate you uh, hopping on, on on short notice, I should add, to uh, <laughs> come on this podcast. Um, where can we find some more information about the chamber or more information about yourself? Well, you could certainly find more information on the chamber about our on our website at acchamber.com. Uh, you can feel free to email me directly, uh, mchait at acchamber.com. I respond to everybody for as quickly as possible. These are busy times, but by any, uh, you know, any questions you may have about our community, anything we can do to help, uh, let us know. We have a tremendous amount of information. We have a great board of 60 business leaders that are an enormous resource for us to take advantage of from their experiences. So by all means, reach out to us, shoot us an email, uh, take a look at what we're doing on our website. But Thank you so much for the time, Joe. Greatly, greatly appreciate it. Always fun seeing you again. Always. Yeah, it's, it's always great seeing you, whether it's randomly in our parking lot at the press or here on yeah. Zoom. I know we, did, we saw that last week. So hopefully yeah. I'll, I'll catch you soon in person, Shade. Uh, it was good chatting with you. Um, I hope everyone got to uh, learn a little bit more about the chamber and just how weather really does you know, play a role at the shore. I think this was a little bit different than what we've done in the past, but mm -hmm. I think it was very valuable. So this is Something in the Air podcast brought to you by the Press of Atlantic City. We air every first and third Wednesdays of the month. Those are our new episodes. You can find us online at www.pressofac.com slash Center. You can also search for us on YouTube or on the Apple Store by searching for Something in the Air. And give us a five-star review. Until then, take care. See you, everybody.